I'm Mark Harrington, and you're listening to Activist Radio on The Mark Harrington Show. Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support our work by going to createdequal.org. And the program is also broadcast on American Family Radio, terrestrial radio that is, all across America on 180 stations. You can pick up that on AFR.net. You can find out where we're broadcast over the air. And also, of course, we are available on all my social media platforms and podcasting platforms. And if you would, give us a a like and a share and uh, let other people know about it. Subscribe to the program as well on YouTube. My guest is Rod Dreher. You can pick up the book Live Not by Lies by going to penguinrandomhouse.com or amazon.com. He's also the senior editor of The American Conservative. Yeah, so Rod, you know, I got uh, word of this book, I don't know, about a month ago. Uh, It's been making its rounds, I guess, in Christian circles, and I began to read it. And our organization, Created Equal, the pro-life group that we head up, uh, ordered a bunch of these books after we read it, and we've actually been going through it together uh, as an organization. And so I don't know, many of my listeners here, our listeners probably not have not heard about it, but let, let's go to the to the start of it uh, here, and that is, in the book, Live Not by Lies, you talk about the rise of what you call soft totalitarianism that is brought on by identity politics, which marginalizes Christians and other dissenters. Uh, if you would, and, and here's the thing, Rod, you know, I don't know how you predicted all this stuff because this was done earlier the book was released early in 2020 i believe just at the beginning of the pandemic and before the election and as i read this thing this was hugely prophetic uh predicting a lot of this stuff of course it's been coming for years obviously but some of the things that you write in this book are actually coming at us at light speed so if you would where do you get the title, Live Not By Lies? Well, Mark, the title comes from the last message that Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who is probably the most famous uh, anti-communist dissident of the 20th century, the last message he sent to his followers in Russia just before the Soviets kicked him out in 1974. And in this short message, he told them that we may not be able to overthrow this government But one thing we can do is refuse to give our consent to agreeing that the lies that they make us all believe are true. And so what he meant was he wanted his people to do practical things, like whenever you heard a lie being spoken, uh, walk out. Don't read newspapers that tell lies, and so on and so forth. Uh, This was his way of saying how we, even if we're powerless, we can still dissent in that way. I tell you, the reason Solzhenitsyn comes into it, Mark, is uh, I first heard about this idea that we are getting uh, soft totalitarianism in this country five years ago when I got a call from a doctor at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. He said, I feel like I had to tell somebody this. My elderly mother uh, is an immigrant from Czechoslovakia. Early in her life, in her home country, 
she was put into prison and tortured for years because she was a Christian. She refused to stop going mm-hmm. to her church meetings, and the communists put her in prison. And when she got out, she came to America, but now she's very old. She lives with me and my wife, and she's telling me, son, the things I'm seeing happen in this country now remind me of what happened when communism first came to my country. Well, Mark, when I heard that from the doctor, I thought, this old lady, maybe she's being alarmist. Maybe she's watching too much cable news. Mm -hmm. So I began making a habit of every time I would meet somebody who came from a communist country and immigrated to America, I would ask them, are you seeing things happening here that remind you of what you left behind? Every single one of them said yes. And if you talk to them long enough, they'll tell you how angry they are that Americans won't take them seriously. So I decided to write a book about this, to write about the kinds of things they're seeing, why it reminds them of communism. And I went over to the former Soviet-dominated countries of Eastern Europe and Russia to talk to uh, Christians who had come through that to get their advice for what we American Christians should do to prepare ourselves. And that's what I think is so cool about the book, is that you interview so many people that have been through this. I mean, they've, been, they've seen it before, and they see it rising in America. Uh, you talk about uh, soft totalitarianism versus authoritarianism uh, and just totalitarianism. If you would, can you kind of define what you mean by soft totalitarianism? Sure. Well, authoritarianism is a political system where all the political power is held in the hands of one political party or one figure. Mm -hmm. Totalitarianism is an extreme version of authoritarianism. In a totalitarian government, uh, all political power is held by one party, and everything, all aspects of life, are politicized. Now, this is what they had in the Soviet Union. This is what they had in Nazi Germany, too. But uh, we are looking at a different kind of totalitarianism. We are looking at something that is coming now that I believe is uh, soft because it is going to have the same effect as totalitarianism in other countries, meaning that every aspect of life is going to be politicized and we will be judged by that. But it's not coming in the way that communism did in the sense of having gulags, secret police and political prisoners, that sort of thing. This is rather going to be instituted and is right now being instituted by things like cancel culture, mm-hmm. by um, the, the teaching in schools now against uh, whiteness and the idea that if you're white, you're evil, if you're Christian, you're bad, and so on and so forth, and all kinds of other insidious ways where people of faith or people who are just conservative or, or don't, don't agree with uh, wokeness, as we call it, are going to find themselves marginalized and punished. And it's also soft because it is being done for the sake of compassion, for the sake of making the country and all of its, of its institutions a quote-unquote safe space for the marginalized. Uh, every single thing is being politicized right now. And uh, what I, these people who, the, who grew up in communism have been trying to warn us Americans that uh, you don't see this is coming because you think it can't happen in America. Guess what? It's happening right now. My guest is Rod Dreer, and he's the author of Live Not By Lies. He's also written another book called The Benedict Option. You can find out more about Rod and his work by going to theamericanconservative.com, but you can also order the book. And listen, folks, I exhort you very strongly to do so. This is a must-read, and I don't usually 
recommend a whole lot of books, but this is one that is really, in my mind, kind of put everything into into words. Like, you know, I wasn't able to. You know, we all look at what's going on. We wonder, how do we interpret all of this? I think Rod's done a really good job of doing that. And you can pick up the book uh, at penguinrandomhouse.com. I know that's a mouthful, but penguinrandomhouse.com, for those of you who do not want to use Amazon, and I can understand why currently because of what they did to Parler. But if you don't want to use Amazon, you can go to penguinrandomhouse.com. We have purchased several of these, and like I say, I've been giving them away to people that I think need to read it. And we're also having small group uh, meetings as well. And so that's something that Rod talks about in the book, and we're going to get to that here in a little bit. Um, so, Rod, we got about a minute before the break here. Um, you know, it, it's our time with you isn't going to do it justice, I can say that. But a lot of people say, well, aren't you being alarmist? Isn't this just craziness? I mean, really, is it really all that bad? I mean, uh, I, until late this year, I was thinking, you know, who knows? We get this election coming up, and then the election happens. Uh, and then the crackdown, you know, the purge from social media, big tech companies, uh, and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, you couldn't have seen this coming, but it came really fast. Yeah, it, it's just it was just a matter of time. You know, I, I noticed just over the weekend that uh, magazine Catholic World Report and one of Focus on the Families magazines both got suspended by Twitter because they reported factual information about a male-to-female transgender that Joe Biden has nominated for mm-hmm. uh, a position in his administration. You can't even speak facts, medical facts, about transgenders without it being called hate speech and you losing your platform on Twitter. This is the kind of thing that's going to happen more and more. And the, the ability and the space within which we can be free to speak the truth and keep our jobs and keep our businesses is going to constrict more and more. And uh, Rod, before we get to the uh, the action items, which is obviously the important part, I want to ask you this question. You say that um, you call it woke capitalism. You talk about how, uh, you know, communism, we're used to totalitarianism, authoritarianism coming from the communist countries. Uh, and that is, you know, kind of the antithesis to uh, capitalism. But you say that in the book that there's a role for capitalism in this soft totalitarianism, and you call it woke capitalism. This is a phrase I had not heard before, but after you explained it, it makes a lot of sense. If you would, take a few minutes and just explain what you mean by that. You know, Mark, that is one of the key differences between the old totalitarianism Mm -hmm. and what's coming now. Right. If you're of a certain age, I'm 54 years old, I was raised in the Reagan years, we always thought about the business as being, as you said, the antithesis to big government. And mm-hmm. uh, it, business, is not, if it wasn't the good guy, at least they weren't the bad guys. That has changed dramatically. Uh, back in 2015, a few months before the Obergefell ruling legalizing same-sex marriage, you might remember that the state of Indiana, governed at that time by Mike Pence, passed a state version of the Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And all that would have done would have been to give some protection and law to religious believers if they got sued for discrimination. Well, when the legislature passed that and Governor Pence signed it, 
suddenly all these major corporations, Apple Computers, Salesforce, all these corporations came down like a ton of bricks on the state of Indiana. They called this legislation bigotry, anti-gay bigotry, and said that there would be severe economic consequences if the state didn't repeal the law. Well, the state repealed the law, and a week after that, Arkansas withdrew the same kind of legislation in that very red state because Walmart cleared its throat, and, of course, all the politicians in Arkansas jumped through the hoops. That was the same time, Mark, that there was an attack on this uh, little evangelical on pizza parlor there in Indiana, Memories Pizza. You might remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember it. Uh, Yeah, there was a, a TV reporter went there, asked the evangelicals who ran it, would you cater a gay wedding? They said, no, this is against our religion. Suddenly, there was a flash mob on social media wanting to burn the thing down. Well, that was the first time that big business took sides in such a way in the culture war, and it changed everything. Uh, I remember that fall, uh, fall of 2015, after this happened and after Burgerfell, I went to Washington, D.C. to give a talk to a Christian group on Capitol Hill. And when it was over, I was talking to some key staff members, for all of them Christians, for, for Republican politicians of both the House and the Senate side, and I said, okay, we've lost this Obergefell thing. We've lost the gay marriage thing. What is the Republican Party going to do to protect religious liberty for believers? Mark, total silence. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear it because the, all the donors to the Republican Party, they're all social liberals, and they don't want to be called bigots. So uh, this is the reality of where we are as Christians. And now you're seeing major companies, they, they track so much of what we do online by the, the apps we use on our smartphones, by what we do on our laptops. And uh, this is what's called surveillance capitalism. This is their model of business. It's not going to take much for them to decide that people who go to websites associated with, quote unquote, bigotry or extremism, whether it's political or religious, are people that can't be allowed to do business. This is real. This is We looked at China, the social credit system in China, where the government tracks everybody constantly and gives each individual Chinese person a social credit rating. If you have a high social credit rating, if you do what the government wants, you have privileges. If you have a low one, if you do things like go to church or hang out with other people who don't go along with the communist government, you'll have a low rating. If your rating gets so low, you can no longer buy or sell. Now, this system exists right now in China, and uh, they don't have to send the secret police around to to uh, to knock on your door. They can cut you out of the economy simply by using electronics. This is what we're, we're facing here in America, I think. The technology is already here. All that's missing right now is a political will to implement it. It's uh, it's crazy stuff. Um, my guest is uh, Rod Dreer, and he's the author of Live Not By Lies. You can pick up the book at penguinrandomhouse.com or Amazon. Uh, a lot of people listening is thinking, you know, want to throw up their hands after this last election and what's happening with big, big tech and despair and kind of crawl back into our caves and wait out the next four years. All is not lost, and I want you to, we can begin the conversation about what can we do. You, The subtitle of your book is A Manual for Christian Dissidents. What can we be doing? Well, I think the first thing we have to do is get it out of our head that politics is going to solve it. Politics Mm -hmm. alone 
so much of this uh, wokeness and woke capitalism has gained strength under the Trump administration. Uh, I would rather have uh, in the White House and in Congress politicians who were more friendly to believers than hostile to believers. But we can't allow ourselves to think that just because we get the right politicians in there or the right judges on the bench, that that's going to take care of things. So uh, and we also have to start doing things like taking responsibility in our own daily lives, in our own churches and among our own groups for building resilience. Uh, Rod, if you would, uh, I want to talk about what we can do. What is the best way to talk to Christians about what's happening in the world regarding this whole issue of soft totalitarianism? It seems like, Rod, Christians are really just don't even know what's going on, <laughs> really. Yeah, How do we it, talk to them? Well, you know, I think one of the problems here, Mark, is that so many Christians don't want to think of scary, frightening, depressing things. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and you can understand that. People sure. want to be upbeat and optimistic. But in this case, re refusing to uh, make ourselves aware of what's coming uh, is like be people back in Noah's time saying, oh, it's just going to be a drizzle. The rain's going to stop eventually. Right. We have got to be prepared for this right now. So I would say start convincing people that optimism is, in fact, a dangerous uh, thing to have right now. Rather, we should focus on Christian hope. Uh, an optimist thinks things are always going to work out, but that's not actually true, and I don't think it's true in this case. A Christian who has hope, though, believes that even if things don't work out, even if we have to suffer, even if we have to lose our jobs, our liberties, even our life for the sake of Jesus Christ, that this is God-honoring, and the Lord will use it to redeem the world. My guest is Rod Dreer. The book is Live Not By Lies. You can pick it up at uh, penguinrandomhouse.com or amazon.com. Rod, uh, these small groups and some of the other things you talk about, how what people can do to resist uh, this this soft totalitarianism. You give a couple of real practical ideas, and some of the things that we're beginning to institute in our own family. Uh, would you go through a few of those with us? Sure. Well, I dedicate the book to this Catholic priest. I'm not a Catholic, but I heard about this Catholic priest who was a real hero in this story in Eastern Europe. His name is Father Tomislav Kolakovic, and. In 1943, he had to escape the Nazis in his native Croatia to go hide out in Slovakia nearby. He adopted the last name Kolakovic and, and taught in the local Catholic university. He told his students, this is 1943, kids, the good news is the Nazis are going to lose this war. The bad news is the communists are going to be ruling this country when it's over, and the first thing they're going to do is come after the church. So we have to get ready. What Father Kolakovich did was bring together groups of young people, young Christians, for prayer, and not just prayer, but also action. They talked about the kind of things they would need to have in place to survive a persecution, and they started building these networks. Within two years, there were little prayer groups from Kolakovich's network all over that country. The bishops of his church told him, Father, you are being too alarmist. You're scaring people. It's not going to happen. But Father Kolakovich understood the communist mindset and knew that the bishops had false hope. So sure enough, when the Iron Curtain fell over that country, the first thing the communists did was grab all the priests and try to smash every church they could. The only reason there was an underground church in that country was because Father Kolakovich and all these 
uh, lay people, lay Christians, got together and laid that groundwork. I named, I dedicated the book to Bob Kolakovich, Live Not By Lies, because I really do believe that we are in a Kolakovich moment here in America, mm-hmm. and all Christians, Protestant, Catholic, and Orthodox, need to use the liberties we still have to come together in groups, lay these uh, networks, lay uh, uh, an underground, lay the, the structure for mutual support for when people in our church start to lose their jobs. We need to be able to let them, let them know they can count on us to help them. My guest is Rod Dreher. You can pick up the book Live Not by Lies by going to penguinrandomhouse.com or amazon.com. He's also the senior editor of The American Conservative. Uh, Rod, uh, those are really practical uh, suggestions for us. You know, I think it's hard to get people's attention because the church has been taught that there's a separation between church and state. And some, you know, this is political. If it's political, then we shouldn't address it. Uh, I, for one, I'm I'm a pro-life activist, so I understand that, that that's a fallacy. We can't buy into that. But there are a lot of pa- uh, pastors and others that would just rather just uh, kind of ignore it, you know? And it just seems like that ain't going to work. No, no, it's not going to work, Mark. And this is one thing that probably the biggest lesson I got from talking to these Christians over there is that the American church has got to realize that there is no Christianity without the cross. We have had it so good for so long here in America mm-hmm. with religious liberty but those days are over now. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that the right. Lord brings revival in this country, but we have got to go through this this really dark time of trial. And uh, I was standing on a street corner in Moscow in the snow uh, about 18 months ago talking to this Russian Baptist pastor, a gray-haired man. The Russian Baptists had been persecuted like nobody else in, in the Soviet period. And uh, he told me, go back home and tell the believers in America, prepare to suffer. That's the only way you're going to make it through there, because if you're not prepared to suffer for the gospel, then when people, when your job is threatened, your freedom is threatened, you're going to capitulate, and then you're going to lie to yourself about why you've done it. Only if we are able to carry that cross with Jesus are we going to make it through. And I think we're going to make it through and be there for the rebirth. We may not live to see it. Those of us who are alive today may not live to see the rebirth of Christianity in this country, but whether or not it happens in our children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren's generation depends on whether or not we today do what Kolakovich's followers did, do what the Russian Baptists did, build those networks of resilience. That's what I really appreciate about the book is just the realism. You know, it's it's the real deal. It's telling the truth. It's it's uh, and, and, and laying out a plan for how to get through these years better than ju- not just get through them, but actually uh, not, you know, just survive them, but actually come out on the other side victorious. And, you know, I'm really concerned that the American church is 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 so behind it now. We look at the pandemic and that's been a lot for Americans to suffer through but we haven't seen anything yet. I mean, people talk about this, uh, are we ever going back to normal? I ask the question, what is normal? I don't. I didn't like normal before yeah. uh, this all happened. And what we're coming out now with all of this, uh, you know, the big tech uh, purge and, you know, government overreach and all of what's happening in Washington and stuff, uh, this is coming at us and we've got to prepare our families. 
We really do. And, uh, you know, I, one of the stories I tell in the book, and this is what really gave me hope, is about a young man in Slovakia named Timo Kriška. I met him when I was over there doing my research. Timo was just a toddler when communism fell in his country, so he has no memory of it. In his life, he's managed to succeed really well as a photographer and a filmmaker. He's had uh, material success and the ability to travel that was unknown to his parents and grandparents' generation. But uh, he said he told me that he was really dissatisfied and anxious about life until a few years ago he started to do a project, a photography project, where he went to interview elderly people in his country who had been to prison for their Christian faith. And he, as he went around the country meeting these people and talking to them, a lot of them still live in poverty. But he said each one of them told him that the times they were in prison suffering for Jesus some of the most beautiful memories of their life, because they knew then, like never before, who Jesus was. And that Timo told me, and I put this in the book, that you know it made him realize that how he was so he was so captive to the totalitarianism within himself, the idea that I have to make money, I have to get ahead, I have to do this, I have to do that. But being around these elderly people who had sacrificed everything for Jesus caused him to have a a conversion in his own heart. So this is not just prepare yourself to withstand the, the terrible things that are coming at us, but it's also a chance for us to come to know Christ in a much deeper and more meaningful way. This could actually be a blessing. My guest is Rod Dreer. You can pick up the book Live Not by Lies by going to penguinrandomhouse.com or amazon.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.